2016. My name is Joel Tillis, and you are in the Soul Trap. God's like the queen, the fascist regime. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. We trust that this broadcast finds you good spirits, good health, and most of all, in that good and narrow way. What a great day to be alive today. It is Friday. It is a warm, hot, muggy, sticky day on the west coast of Florida. But man, what a great time to be a Christian. What a great time to be alive and to know where you're going, where you came from, and to know who's in control of every single step of the way. Well, there's been a lot going on in the news, and the truth of the matter is we have a lot of things on deck that we want to get to here in the near future at the Soul Trap. We're really excited about and uh, we're looking forward to doing several different uh, broadcasts about, several different things we want to touch base with you about. But uh, simply put, we just wanted to sort of do an end of the week review here uh, and just be very, very brief, but just touch base on a couple high notes that have been going on. And man, I thought I had everything lined up as far as what I wanted to talk about until I started to go to bed last night about one o'clock and all of a sudden saw what took place over in uh, England and how England has, um, they have finally decided to grow a pair and actually step away from the EU and take a stand for nationalism, freedom, sovereignty, all of those good things that we like and care about. So it's an exciting time. Now, if you hear any phone ringing or faxes going off or emails coming in or cell phones uh, being alerted, I'm here in my office on a Friday. Uh, I had the privilege of having my mom in for a little over a week. She was with us down from North Carolina, and uh, I took her to the uh, airport today, and we spent some time fellowshipping and laughing and playing, talking, of course, about uh, current events and things that are going on. And quite frankly, I, I wasn't going to do a, a podcast, but then on the way on the way back home, I thought, you know what, I. I I don't know. I just can't let this thing going over in England. I just can't let it go away without making a few comments. And, and really, it's an exciting time. It's a very interesting time, both economically, geopolitically, and of course, for those of us that are Bible believers, prophetically. Uh, this kind of shoots a hole, I think, in some of the, um, I call them the, the Tim LaHaye, Left Behind series kind of Christians. They're so convinced of the, the 10 Federated Kingdoms, the EU, and all of that you got to be careful about overstressing certain things. Uh, you have to be careful about that kind of thing. There, there's an assumption, and we'll talk about it in just a minute or two, but there's an assumption that we know exactly how things are going to fall in line. And there's not anybody that I know of that's any more dispensational than I am. But you got to be careful. Sometimes we're dealing with strict Bible doctrine. Sometimes we have to be honest when we're saying, hey, we're kind of speculating, and this looks like it might be it, but we're not 100% sure. But to make a long story short, uh, Britain voted uh, 52 to 48, roughly, to leave the European Union. And uh, man, I, I I have such tremendous respect. I'm not a globalist. Uh, I'm not a one-worldist. I uh, think that God has designed it on purpose that countries are sovereign, that people groups, as the old saying goes, high fences make for good neighbors. And uh, I think globalism, quite frankly, is a, is a satanic agenda that is, is maybe has experienced a little bit of a hiccup. I don't know. Maybe it's part of some of the things that actually are going to further the new world order. And I'll explain that in just a minute. But it is an interesting day to watch the news and to see what is going on and uh, to see how things are unfolding. One thing that you always want to keep in mind is that there, 
there are two, and I'm, I'm speaking now strictly from just a secular point of view, but there are two uh, ways of viewing history. And in his book, The Unseen Hand, I happen to have it right here in my office in my hand, uh, Ralph Epperson, he says basically that there are two ways of seeing history, an accidental view of history. And what that simply means is that historical events occur by accident. For no apparent reason, rulers are powerless to intervene. The other one is a conspiratorial view of history. A histor well, what that means is under the historical view, or I'm sorry, the, the conspiratorial view of history is that historical events occur by design for reasons that are not generally made known to the common public. Now, there may be a middle ground that, that hybrids those two, where sometimes uh, men, by conspiratorial design, set in motion things that actually get out of their hand and out of their control. That might be a hybrid way of that. Of course, as Bible believers, we know that although Satan in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is called the God of this world, we know according to the book of Daniel that God ruleth in the kingdom of heaven and among men. And if you weren't sure of that, Nebuchadnezzar certainly learned that lesson the hard way. God puts up who he wants and abases who he wants, and ultimately, God is in control. But from our point of view, from the day-to-day -day grind, from the particular, particularly secular point of view, I find it absolutely incredibly naive to assume that, that really history unfolds itself along an, an accidental ax, uh, uh, axis. That is just not the case. Uh, from Roosevelt to Woodrow Wilson, there has always been an understanding of a power, an unseen hand behind the shadows working. Uh, that's just always been the case. In fact, Joseph Plummer, in his book Tragedy and Hope, the Illusion of Justice, Freedom, and Democracy. Uh, it's a case study that he does on Carol Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope. He quotes Woodrow Wilson, and this is the following. Listen very closely. Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided to me privately. Some of the biggest men in the United States in the field of commerce and manufacture are afraid of somebody, are afraid of something. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive, that they had better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. Of course, countless thousands of books and programs and research has gone in to try to discover what it is, and everybody has their own opinion from the Masons to uh, the Bilderbergers to all the different things in between. But the fact of the matter is, history does not just move along by accident. There is a hand that moves. There is a reality that takes place. But every once in a while, the common man or the uprising seems to buck the system. And that may be what we're seeing unfold going on over in England right now. Uh, we may be seeing, and I could be wrong, but we may be seeing a, a grassroots, truly a nationalistic uprising that says, hey, we're, we're tired of this garbage. And uh, we want something different. I don't know. There are a lot of speculation, a lot of things flying around, a lot of things that are interesting that are unfolding. But we are definitely living in unique times. Last night, I watched through the night, probably till about 3 a.m. in the morning, watching the news and the returns and the uh, speculative openings of the market, and then even watched this morning as the stock market opened. And I made several notes along the way, and I simply want to share them with you very quickly. And what I want you to do is to watch this thing, make some notes yourself, and, and if you're listening, send me an email, send me a message. 
I'm interested in your take and your opinion on these events that have unfolded over in England, over in Great Britain, the EU. I'm interested in what you think, but let me share with you a couple of thoughts that, that came to my mind. First of all, when I'm sitting there watching it with my mom, she asked, I think, one of the most simple questions, and yet a question that, that we all ask and very few of us actually understand. And her question was simply, why is this such a big issue? Why is something that's happening in England such a big issue as something that happens in uh, Europe? Why is the yen concerned about what the British sterling is doing, uh, the sterling pound? Why are we concerned about the mark and the euro versus the dollar? Why is that? Now, the simple answer to that is, and I'm by no stretch of the imagination, I am an economist and I don't claim to be. But if you remember in the late 60s and into the 70s, there was a global uh, war pact, I will say, maybe an unspoken, an unspoken treaty. And what it was was MAD, Mutually Assured Destruction. And what that meant was, simply put, we had enough atomic bombs to absolutely destroy Russia, Soviet Russia at the time. And consequently, Soviet Russia had enough nuclear bombs to destroy us. And NATO could hit Red China, and Red China could hit us. And so the fact of the matter is, it was mutually assured destruction. What assured the fact that we were not going to fire was that if we did, they would fire back and both of us are destroyed. What assured that they, the Russians, the Soviets would not fire is that if they fired first, we would return fire and consequently everybody would be destroyed. There was an interconnectivity in a military way. Now, that is a very shallow economic answer, but I think that's an easy way for you to grasp and to understand what's going on. At the end of the Cold War, as Reagan moved off the scene and that New World Order, uh, I'm going to watch my words very closely, the New World Order, George uh, Bush stepped on the scene and he is a liar. He is the epitome of a globalist and an elitist and, and really one of, one of the... the I'll just control myself. When he began to step in and he began to be a part of the neocon movement that was going to reshape the world as we see it. And so, unbeknownst to you and unbeknownst to me, what we didn't realize is that the world began to connect itself and connect itself and connect itself more and more economically. And so there became an interdependence, mutually assured destruction. And that is why China needs us, and we need China, and Japan needs Germany, and Germany needs uh, Russia. There is an interconnectivity that is going on. And really, ladies and gentlemen, what you're going to see as far as the New World Order, and I'm, I'm very interested in this because it appears when you're looking at the news that this is an actual win for national sovereignty. It appears that it's a win for classical liberalism, for, uh, for the laissez-faire, for the individual, for right finances, for all of the things that you would think. But it's very odd. I, I, I don't think we should count our chickens until they come home to roost. But what you see is that there is a connectivity, and that's why there's so much upsetness. That's why there's so much anger. That's why there's so much frustration against the English that are trying to take this stand because they want that connectivity so that nobody can break apart. It is a forced, uh, a forced unity. And the fact of the matter is a forced unity is nothing but uh, martial law. A forced unity is nothing but a golden, gilded 
uh, prison. And so that's what's, that's what's at stake here. There is this connectivity. Our dollars, our yens, our sterling, our marks are uh, all across the, the way. There is a connectivity there. And I think there's a nervousness among the non-political economic people that says, if one domino falls, they all may fall. Now listen to me very closely and I'm going to move on. No matter what, they are going to fall. It doesn't matter what's happening with Britain. There is going to be at some point or another a global economic reset. We may be seeing the beginning of that. Um, so we'll have to see. The second thing that comes to my mind is the primary reason for the voters voting uh, to get out is the existential threat of Islamic terrorism and the migration, or really the the hordes, I should say, the hordes of Islamic vandals and barbarians sweeping across Europe. Hear me and hear me well. It is Islam and the fear of Islamic radical terrorism and not the monetary system or the economic system that has driven Great Britain to want to leave the European Union. Now, everybody's talking about the failure of the European Union. Even Farage over there, who uh, was leading the way of, of pulling out of the EU, talks about the EU being a failed experiment and yada, 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 all of that. That's not why the common man voted. When you do the research and you look really hard, Europe is being swallowed up by Muslims. We are simply seeing a cyclical return of the problem that the Ottomans and the Crusaders and all of those Arabs and the, and, and the Europeans had years ago. It's simply cyclically uh, coming back around. And the average Great Britain, the Englishman, uh, even the Scottish, the, the, the French, the German, there is a profound fear of the existential threat of the hordes of Islam, of Muslims that are sweeping across Europe. Now, the truth of the matter is, about as deep as we get in our news coverage is usually Fox News, and that's about as deep as a, as a teaspoon. Uh, they stick a bunch of blondes and brunettes on there in scantily clad dresses. They give a tip of the hat every once in a while to a conservative idea or conservative thought and make you feel like you're getting fair and balanced and true news. When in actuality, Fox is a big bucket of crap. That's what they are. All they're doing is making a buck and they're fooling you and trying to fool everybody else. They're not giving you fair and balanced and accurate news. You better look at some different resources to try to find your news. And when you begin to search alternative media, one of the things that comes out is that what's going on in Europe and what's going on in America is an ipso facto invasion of the United States of America. It is an ipso facto invasion of Europe, and it has been an invasion of Britain. And that is what is at base driving this fear. There's always been economic ups and downs. But within the last 15 years if not a little bit more, but within the last 15 years, there has been an existential threat to a European and Britain way of life, and it's coming right out of Islam. And whether anybody wants to admit this or not, and I'm going to say this, I know this gets me in trouble, I know people get all upset, and you know, uh, you know, uh, we need to witness to them, and this and that, and, 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 and if you question my belief about evangelism, then you need to go ahead and, and, and listen to some of the other podcasts. But the fact of the matter is, we are at war with Islam. And the only way that you're ever going to fix the Middle East is to inject back into the Middle East strong-arm, secular, dictatorial maniacs that care more about a buck, that care more about power than they do about Islam. What you're seeing in the Middle East is truly an Islamic revival. 
The reason we didn't have as many problems as we had now in the 80s and 90s is because when Mubarak, when Gaddafi, when Saddam Hussein, when they were running things over there, they were able to keep these nutcase Muslims in check. When we took those breakers out, when we took those old ugly junkyard dogs out, it created the Arab Spring. It is not an Arab Spring. It's a Muslim Spring. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're about 10 years behind the UK. And what they are experiencing, we are soon going to experience. And I believe with all of my heart, what we are seeing over there is a reaction. And it is actually blossoming into a nationalism. And that is what is happening here. Now, hear me and hear me well. One of the things that's very frightening and scary is that whenever you have nationalism, there is a danger, 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 danger of nationalism leading you to fascism. What we have been experiencing has been progressivism in its more liberal state under Obama and, quite frankly, under George W. Bush. He cannot get a pass. What we may see under Trump or even Clinton is progressivism in a nationalistic garb that creates fascism, and it's going to be very, very dangerous. So I think that that's what we're seeing over there. We're seeing a nationalistic uprising at root of fear of the swallowing up of UK, of Europe, and Western civilization's way of life. I also believe that we may be seeing the setup for World War III. It is my contention, and I am purely speculating here, but it is my contention that before the rapture, there may be a global reset economically. There may be a global reset um, militarily, and we may be seeing the groundwork being laid for World War III. Russia is edgy. China is edgy. And America is flaccid, weak, fat, stupid, and narcissistic. And that makes for a very, very uh, bad combination. Um I think something else that comes to my mind that's very interesting when you watch, and that is that you see that there, that there is a backlash against globalism taking place. There is, under the current, a backlash against the CFR, uh, Council on Foreign Relations, the Bilderberger Groups. There's a lot more of this mainstream now, and I think more so than ever, there is a clearer understanding of an elite power group that is moving the world. I'm not saying everybody is a nut job conspiracy freak like I am, but I'm saying more and more and more the understanding of that unseen hand is out there in mainstream. And it doesn't matter what the press wants you to think, a lot of the average people are very concerned about the way things are going. And so I think there's a globalist reaction against globalism, and I think that's part of what you're seeing take place over in Great Britain. One last point that I simply want to make make here and that is one thing you need to understand is that the news media are stupid they're stupid and they're more invested in making news than they are reporting news the reason that the market woke up and it was down 500 points of course then it came back another 300 points but the reason that the market was down the reason there was such a shock the reason everybody's upset is because they weren't paying attention Everybody who was watching something other than America's Got Talent, who was paying attention to something other than uh, Bill O'Reilly or The Five or the rest of that garbage, anybody who was paying real close attention knew which way this vote was going to go. The problem was the media was not reporting it. They were trying to shape it and to make it. And you better be real careful over the next couple of days when you hear stuff about popular opinion, public opinion, this and that and this and that. The truth of the matter is, if you back out, listen, the exit polls over in, in England are telling us that the vast majority, the 80 to 90% of 
Muslims were voting to remain in the EU. The, the vote to leave was 52-48, roughly that area. If you back out all those Muslims from England, it was a landslide, a windfall landslide for Western civilization wanting to get out of the globalist EU, all of that kind of a garbage. You back those numbers out and adjust them for the immigrants that are being in there and voting, and you would find that it was a landslide victory for the actual citizens, the true Western civilization, the Anglo-Saxon, uh, the Commonwealth uh, citizens of Great Britain. Landslide. So be careful when you hear the media start talking about uh, public opinion, yada, yada, yada. Understand the media wants to shape your opinion. They want to shape the facts. They do not want to report the facts. There's a great book by Daniel Estelin called The Bilderberger Group, The True Story. The Bilderberger Group, The True Story. And uh, in his chapter, chapter 14, he, he makes this statement here. He says, psychopolitical operations are propaganda. They're propaganda campaigns designed to create perpetual tension and to manipulate different groups of people to accept the particular climate of opinion. Hear what I just said. To accept the particular climate of opinion the CFR seeks to achieve in the world. And that's the Council on Foreign Relations. Daniel quotes Ken Adachi as saying this, quote, What most Americans believe to be public opinion is, in reality, carefully crafted and scripted propaganda designed to elicit a desired behavior response from the public, getting people to behave the way you hope they will behave by persuading them that it is ultimately in their interest to do so is achieving a desired behavioral response. That is exactly what happened with Great Britain. That is exactly what happened with the news. They were trying to get you to believe a certain thing because they wanted a certain outcome. Now, that's not just me, and that's not just some guy writing about the Bilderberg. Cheryl Atkinson, who wrote the book A Full Measure and who is a very well-documented, well-awarded uh, reporter, she says the following in an article that uh, she wrote, uh, and the title of the article is Brit uh, Britain's Exit Support Was Largely Censored from the Mainstream Media. Cheryl Atkinson of Full Measure told Breitbart News, um, quote, if the media is this shocked over last night's vote, that means they aren't really good listeners or predictors or measurers of what's happening on the ground. That's kind of basically what they're admitting. Atkinson continues, this is just more evidence of the same trend. Journalists I spoke to said they aren't allowed to write about this sort of thing. If they write anything that discusses uh, the England's exit, or the exit part of the vote and the sentiment for it, that was, they said, largely censored from the mainstream media. So maybe it's no surprise that our media over here was unaware there was such sentiment on that side. It's being censored from the news. If you write off the narrative on that topic and others in that country, just like in this country, they want to drum you out of the mainstream and paint you as controversial. Maybe that's why people didn't have the information to understand what was going on. The fact of the matter is, there was never any doubt that this measure was going to pass. This is my personal opinion. There was never any doubt that it was going to pass from the groundwork up. But the elites and the media were trying to reshape and remove it. Today is a very interesting day. That's what I'm saying. 
Today's a very interesting day. Uh, I don't know how stocks are doing. I haven't checked lately exactly. I know that when I checked this morning, stocks were down 500 and then they rallied to the 300s and back and forth. I don't know what's going to happen over the weekend. I'm certainly not an economist. I'm certainly not a stock market trader. But I do think that every once in a while a day comes along that you better stop and go, hmm, this is interesting. You better watch and pay attention. I know you got to work. I know it's the weekend. I know we're going to have a good time. I know we want to relax and do the things that we want to do and go to church and all of that. But ladies and gentlemen, history was made today. Pay attention. Check the news. And don't check Fox. If you got to check a mainstream, go over to CNBC. Check the money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Follow the money. Listen to what the money people are saying. Today was a great day in my mind. Number one, the English people, the Britons, they stuck their finger in the eye of globalism and elitism. Bravo. I give you a hand for that. I Way to stick it right in their eye. I love it. Secondly, it's a great day because it kind of shakes the world up a little bit. And that always reminds us that things are not always just rocking along. We live in a very fragile world and so much should we be living for the Lord because this earth is just shifting sand. It is not solid rock. It is also a great day, well, because it's Friday. And that means we're just two days away from church. Hey, God save the queen. Have a great weekend.